Blog Talk Radio. And I'm Leo, and tonight we have um, Larry Dorn joining us. Um, we um, I'm hoping this one works. So, give me one second, and we'll let you know in one second. Yes, 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 yes. That's wonderful. We are on microphone here tonight, and the signal is working. So that's that's wonderful. So anyway, we uh, tonight we're going to. Uh, Talk to uh, Larry Dorman, Maximilian, and uh, we're going to call him in just a few minutes and go from there. Okay. Yeah, we're back. I'm sorry for the for the uh, interruption here, but uh, the blog talk kind of has its own ways of doing things, and they don't tell you. So. Well, the number. Uh, why didn't the number come up? Usually, we have a telephone number that comes yeah, up that up, we call you know, in. It only, it only comes up after you after you mess up. I don't know why that happened either. The connection was weak and it failed to come up. But anyway, tonight is is the union show, and we'll move on with that. One of the most interesting things that is happening is that people are running for elections, so there's all kinds of issues for they're trying to grab the nomination for president. Both Democrats and Republicans are trying to do that. So the media is giving a lot of attention to what everybody is saying. Um, I have to admit that Donald Trump is the one that's making life interesting. He speaks out on everything. And I think he says a lot of things that um, are a bit outrageous, things that people are thinking and maybe are afraid to say. So that's always great. And I think the public is sort of anti-politician, anti-insider, and uh, they like him because he keeps poking all the politicians and the insiders. And so I'm enjoying that part. Yeah, we are, we both are, and I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, I will be with you in just one second here. Folks. I can't I'm say sorry. that I agree with everything that he has to say, but there's lots of things going on with the union. Um, let me just say the Browning-Ferris National Labor Relations Board decision has been explained. Last week, working people won a significant victory when the National Labor Relations Board issued the Brown-Ferris decision and increased employer accountability for wages and work conditions. As with most rulings issued by the government bodies, it's a little complicated and a lot of questions are being asked about what exactly the ruling means. 
So the ASLCIO blog now is going to tell us what that means. And I hope it's a significant thing for workers. Let's see. What is the Brown-Ferris decision about? The decision is about whether or not working people have the right to bargain with an employer. And the authority uh, with an employer that has the authority to control employees' pay, benefits, and working and working condi conditions. Why is the decision important? It's important because working people from unions want to bargain with their employers over improvements in their workplace. If employers are able to manipulate the system and avoid bargaining by hiring temporary employees or contractor employees, this undermines working people's ability to organize. So the decision makes it more possible for working people to organize and bargain with the employer that has the authority to control the terms of their employment. This case was about McDonald's and other franchises, right? The Brown-Ferris case deals specifically with, with a staffing agency that supplied workers to Brown-Ferris. But the rule laid out in the decision could apply to a franchise situation, depending on the facts of the case and how much the franchisor has authority to control key aspects of the workplace. So those are, those are important, really important things, and that's great that um, it gives employees some clout in the workplace. So that's a good thing that's happened. It's good to have a strong voice in the workplace. Let's see. Here's something kind of funny. A pizza owner wrote a Facebook post about locked out union members, then something happened. Sometimes, you know, Facebook can really work for you. It's good to be in the union, especially when your family is by your side. And they have a video from the United Steelworkers about Matios Pizza and sub-owner Matt Struhar, who wrote a Facebook post in solidarity with locked-out steelworkers at ATI Technologies a few weeks ago. Let me see what, I'll play this and see what he
sum total of uh, all of this negative activity is going to be longer waits to try and get your unemployment benefits, um, career and job services um, will be missing in key areas like Willimantic and Meriden and New Britain and Enfield and Torrington. This is horrible. uh, It's an interesting story. They are doing it because they claim they are uh, $28 million short on federal funding that they receive from the federal government through the unemployment insurance program. And it's a formula that's determined in part by, calculated in part by the uh, unemployment rate in, in the state. So because unemployment has been dropping in Connecticut, more people are working, although I kind of question even that statement from the administration. Um, it's really a question I think a lot of people have given up searching and they're not collecting their benefits. But, you know, that's another story. But the fact is the unemployment rate is um, declined, so Connecticut uh, is not getting as much federal funding. But the Department of Labor, the state agency, has never justified that $20 million, explained it. And there have been subsequent stories in the Connecticut Mirror uh, showing that the Malloy administration and the Labor Department knew this was happening. And um, had they gone to the legislature, there might have been uh, action that could have been taken to uh, get some state funding to keep these services going. So it's a um, it's a very sad story. So as we we're kind of melancholy as we head into Labor Day, um, but we're going to be launching Labor Day tomorrow with a big press conference uh, in Meriden at the Job Center in Meriden. Uh, the AFL-CIO is having a labor breakfast in the morning, and then we're going over to the Job Center, and we're going to kick off Labor Day weekend with a um, press conference uh, and protest in front of the uh, Meriden Job Center. We'll take it from there. Well, good wish you luck on that. Um, did you Thanks. by any chance? Yeah, have you heard about the uh, last week we did a we did a show last uh, uh, with uh, attorney James uh, Otto, and uh, he was the uh, he uh, set up uh, a civil rights lawsuit against Disney Corporation for insourcing over 700 jobs from India, okay, to replace mm-hmm. American mm-hmm. workers. Right. And this is happening everywhere in a lot of different corporations right now. And he claims he claimed that the uh, that the uh, 8.4 million people that have lost jobs in the last uh, four or five years, all right, were all lost jobs to insourcing. Okay, these middle class jobs. Wow. From, you know, and uh, his lawsuit is uh, is is for these 700. Uh, people against uh, with, um, Disney. Disney. And to add insult to injury, uh, these uh, employees have to train the workers from India, and then once they're trained, they let the American workers go. Yeah, full-time workers making crazy plus a year have right. to train these guys who are coming in and taking over their jobs for twenty thousand a year. All right, and what yeah. makes it even worse That's is awful. they. As these corporations are paying for their for their uh, college education, what they're doing is they're recruiting these workers. They pay for their education, and they go to the front of the line. And when they graduate, they step to the front of the line, they and, well, they, and have they, have, they have they have priority over an American worker of equal or better qualifications. And they don't pay any any taxes. Okay, they don't pay any. Uh, their their room and board is paid for. Uh, all kinds of these, there's all kinds of these perks, and 
and and yet uh, it's being totally allowed, totally, absolutely allowed. There everywhere. is a provision in Congress yeah. that you can get, you can get, you can insource if if you can't find an American worker of equal talent, but, but they're abusing that. But the loophole, the loophole to that is that yeah, you're are, kidding, Lila. I'm shocked. A corporation's abusing that. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah, are. But what makes it even worse is that. Uh, this loophole that they're using with these one one uh, B visas, all right, is that it says that they cannot hire an American worker if they're going to insource. They cannot hire American workers, all right. So they're actually advertising for these people and saying that no American workers need apply, all right, all right? because because it violates this uh, this loophole that they're that they're using. Mm. Well, wow, I need to read more about what this guy is doing because I, you know what, he well, is, he is, uh, just, he's great. He sounds great to me. Well, what I'm going to do is send this over to. I'll send the, I'll send over that program to you. It's on. In fact, I have it I on the front of my, but, yeah, He's uh, looking for as much yeah. publicity as possible. Now, I said to him, he ought to contact all of the uh, people who are running for nomination on either. Um, with either well, party well, and yes. to get it to bring it into the dialogue. But what he did say was Hillary Clinton. Um, oh, she was a free trade uh, oh, crazy. She's, she, done, she's, she's done some horrible things yeah. that have hurt jobs for Americans. And she's and she's still very open as far as the liberation uh, liberation as far as immigration goes and uh, the right. corporate and so on. So so she she's nothing but a corporate. Uh, you know the um, you know the and the h1v program actually has been you know this has been a problem for many years as you guys know this is not like a new development what what's new is in what's pleasing or at least what's um inspiring is that people are taking action finally um, against it, you know, corporations like Disney, like Walmart, you know, these are the companies that will do anything uh, to, for in the name of profit, and if it means driving down the standards of the communities uh, where they find workers, uh, they'll do it because it's about the executives and it's about the elite institutional shareholders. It's not about anything else, and um, both parties, quite frankly, are uh, you know have have. have blood on their hands with this um, in terms of allowing and incentivizing companies to get rid of uh, American workers and do the kind of insourcing you're talking about. But I think, I really think there should be a a long-standing practice. A boycott against Disney, right? There should be a a, a national boycott against Disney and Disney products, Channel There should. All all the Disney Well, and there should be... And there should be laws, and there aren't. And, um, you know, you just hit on something we always talk about uh, on the show, which is, um, you know, um, the first I'm hearing about this is from you, you know, because the, the mainstream guys aren't going to cover this stuff. And, no, you know, that's no. tragic in its own right. And he's done this for several, uh, you know, he's a pretty outspoken guy, but he, he's done it uh, for several uh, different companies. Uh, not only uh, not only Disney, but this is his latest one. He just filed two weeks ago, and he's trying to make uh, 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 you know he's hired a publicist and he's going because uh, Disney national, is, is, yeah. is almost synonymous with like America and the American dream. Well, it's the American yeah. family. Exactly. 
and you can hardly believe that they would do something like that. I mean, to add, not only do they, you know, they hire these these foreign workers who are going to take your job, but you have to train them. I mean, it's so insulting. It it is. I mean, they're training the people that are taking their jobs. You know, it's just, it's it's horrifying. I don't even know how I could. I, I could never do that, you know. Train the person. I couldn't either. Know. I would be oh. so angry. I would say something or do something. I don't well, these know. people are these people are suing suing yeah. Disney, okay, over it, and they're trying to get national attention. And it's interesting that Trump just came out against the H one B visa, all right, and uh, is trying. He wants to stop that as well. Uh, which I was, you know, surprised. Because I thought maybe he had workers in his hotel. <laughs> yeah, well, he does, but at the same time, uh, you know, he, he doesn't seem to be um, anti-union, you know. Um, but uh, Well, you know, it's interesting and, and sort of ironic that the, now look, I think everything with him is about branding and packaging. He's an entertainer, you know, we have to, well, we have to sure. forget, um, and we can't forget that, but um, it, it, you hit on something, which is that uh, this guy is resonating um, with sections of blue-collar America. He's certainly uh, resonating with a lot of angry white um, white males, and um, he's about um, you know he's criticized the hedge fund traders. Um, I, I don't believe any of it, but uh, you know, as term in terms of campaign strategy, it's very crafty. Well, I think so too. I, I think I think he's uh, I, I think he's extremely effective. But you know the. the I uh, think he puts to words the way most Americans feel. Most Americans, are, you know, at least middle class work Americans are working harder and longer hours. Our union people are working very very hard, and there just isn't enough money to go around to live. Well, taxes, there, there taxes, is, there taxes is, but it's going. being given away to uh, to corporations. Taxes are, are a real burden for a lot of people. Yeah. I not only, you know, hear the struggles of working people, but I also hear the struggles of small business owners who find it very difficult to compete. And it's sad because small business was really the fabric of America. I mean, that's what made America strong and built America, I think. In the small towns, I agree. I agree. It's it's one you know it's one of the things yeah it's one of the things that built the country, and um, you're absolutely right. And nobody, yeah, and nobody's paying attention, and they're suffering too. And you know what's the debate that's about to happen again in Connecticut for you know ad infinitum that it's it's going on, which is you know how much are we going to bend over for General Electric to uh, uh, keep them in the state? You know, isn't it though? My God. Boy, that infuriates yeah. me. Yeah, I don't know about you. Yeah, I am. You... <laughs> They're well, corporate yeah, terrorists. Edna was involved with that it's, crap, too. Yeah. Right. It's um. Look, and it, these guys are so ruthless and so much smarter than um a lot of the legislators. So, you know, they're gonna. They're going to cave in, and they'll leave anyway. So why not start looking into investing in small business, like Lila said? You know, why not do community-based lending? Um, let, let's get things moving from the grassroots. And instead, they're going to legislators, and the governor are going to wring their hands. And all of this is because of a of a law that was passed 
It was designed to get corporations to pay a little bit more in, in, a, in their fair share because all they pay essentially is like $250. And um, it's, it's disgusting. The whole thing is disgusting. And it says, like Bernie Bernie came out with a such statement. He says, our country is not going broke from feeding the poor and caring for the elderly. It's from all the huge tax cuts from the ultra-rich and subsidies from their corporations. So, oh, he's mm-hmm. exactly right. I agree with him 100%. And here's something else that was really interesting. If you make $50,000 a year, right, you pay yep. $257.75 yep. for defense right, in taxes. Wow. $3.98 a year for natural disaster relief or FEMA. $22.88 a year for unemployment insurance. And then $36.82 a year for SNAP food stamps. And $6.98 a year for welfare. Now, you pay $43.78 a year for retirement and disability to government workers. That's what this says. And it says $235 a year for Medicare. And $4,000 a year in corporate subsidies. And it says, are you are you sure you're pissed off at the right people? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, imagine that out of your taxes, you're paying $4,000 a year in corporate subsidies and, and almost not even $1,000 a year for everything else. You know, Makes no sense. Environment, disability, and all that kind of crap. So it's just amazing. And who was that sent from so Larry could... Uh, I posted it, so it's maybe on your Facebook. It's maybe on Facebook. Yeah, I'll go check. It's it's really good. If those things are accurate, it really gives you something to think about, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it it does. You know, that's the gist of the issue, right, is that um, the, the, the other side has turned workers, has turned the middle class against each other, and meanwhile, the really wealthy folks, and the corporations are winning while the rest of us are fighting, and this is exactly what they want, you know. Yeah, then they're it's, laughing uh, all the way. To, I can't even say they're laughing all the way to the bank. They're laughing all the way to purchasing all the wonderful things that they can afford, plus have lots left over for the bank and the stock market and everything mm-hmm. else. Really, it's really it's just crazy. criminal. It's crazy, you know. It, it is criminal. That's it's a good. It's I guess it's legalized criminal behavior. But um, you know that meme that you're you're referring to, Leo. It's a, it's just it's just on the mark, you know. Because what's happening? It's you know it's the pension of the middle class worker. You know, it's the correction officers' retirement or the paraprofessionals' health care that's that's you know sinking the American economy. You know, not Wall Street. You know, not the big guys. Uh, not all the shenanigans that go on with the financial institutions. Nope, nope. <laughs> You know, it's it's somebody getting you know aid for dependent children. It's the, it's the public worker who helps manage that system and keeps it running. You know, it's the sanitation worker. Um, you know, getting health care. It's it's just you know you have to step back and you give these guys and the Koch brothers and all these uh, people credit because they've really done a great job of of getting the middle class to demonize itself and to be self loathing. Well, certainly when you own all the mainstream media and you fill it with um, pundits who demonize the middle class, people begin to believe what they hear if they hear it often enough. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. 
And that's they the problem, you know, it's the unions. Right. Oh, yeah, gee, yeah. Right? We're, the, we're at fault for everything. Look, especially, China, especially giving people a better living in working conditions, right? That's a real fault. Right. You know, do you know that, uh, this is funny, it's not, it's kind of an aside, but as Americans bought 170 million guns, violent crime fell 51%. Uh, it says, in the study, it's, <laughs> ATF and FBI data show that while Americans have purchased 170 million new guns since 1991, violent crime has fallen 51 percent. Well, well what do you, what's your opinion of that, Larry? Give me that statistic again. Yeah. It says Americans have bought 170 million guns since 1991, and... Uh, violent crime has fallen 51% since then. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> well, Who exactly did that? Well, I'm sorry. What did you say? I'm sorry. Did, no, I just, who's, responsible, who's responsible for that creative research, yeah. Oh, uh, oh none other than, let's see, the NRA. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, you wonder about that statistic. But in fact, violent crime has been on the downslide in the last few years. But by listening, when you listen to the mainstream media, you're made to believe that, you know, you can't even go out your front door. I know. You're made to live in fear and, you know... These guys behave as if um, you, you know, your rights to gun ownership have been taken away. You know, nobody has lost their right to a gun. You know, nobody. Um, and in fact, the only thing you can say is that the laws probably don't reach far enough. You know, um, in terms of background checks and other uh, mechanisms that would uh, perhaps prevent um, these crimes from happening, along with the judicial system and a whole lot of other things. But you know, that's. That's the NRA, and they uh, know uh, all irony intended. They smell blood with the upcoming elections. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Ed, um, I was kind of surprised that, uh, did you know that 1,100 union workers were supposed to strike at uh, nuclear weapons plants uh, coming up this month? I did not know that. Yeah. Um, no. It says, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I posted it tonight. I, I saw it. Uh, 1,100 union workers were to strike at nuclear weapons plants. Um, uh, let's see. Pantex nuclear weapons plant workers, sister plant, a Y-12 in Oak Ridge, California, mm-hmm. this re- week rejected a final contract offer and voted to go on strike effective uh, midnight Friday. Um, so, hmm. yeah. And, um, That's interesting. Because sometimes the employers will invoke you know, they'll invoke, um, uh, you know, the danger of national security as a way of uh, getting out of that. How about the uh, Browning-Ferris NLRB decision? What was that? I'm sorry, say that again. Uh, the National Labor, Board, Labor Relation Board decision? Were you aware Right, which of that? essentially says, uh, this is the one on the fast food? Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, this is, well, it's an example of why the right wing wants to, um, destroy the National Labor Relations Board. Yeah. Um, you know, 
we've been getting largely um, fair rulings uh, out of the out of this board, and I think that's you know I think it's a positive thing. It's uh, anything that encourages and removes obstacles to exercising your legal right to organize is a good thing. Um, and you know the franchise economy. The phrase now is like you know the Uber economy, and it's this um, temporary transitional. Uh, economy that's really killing people. Uh, they're not making enough money to survive, and they have no rights. You know, they have no rights. And I think what's going on in this country is an effort to at least hold the big, large, powerful franchises accountable um, for how their workers are treated by by franchisees. So um, hopefully, this is bodes well. So uh, the, the the employer will have some accountability. Is that is that what's going to happen? Yeah, I believe so. I haven't read the decision. I've read news pieces about it. Um, yeah. So you know that, uh, and what I'm what I'm of course also reading are just you know the, the um, right to work. All the all the anti union forces are blasting the decisions. You know, National Federation of Business. You know everybody is. Um, Everybody's upset with it, which means they must have done the right thing. <laughs> That's how you know they did right when you uh, disturb <laughs> water. Yep. When the bad guys are getting crazy, yep. That's generally, uh, yep. That's, that's your sign. That's so always how, your sign. So is is ask me exploring who they're going to support? Are they pretty much in Hillary's camp, or what's going on with that? Yeah, this is it. This is going to be interesting. I, I, I hope our, our national union um, doesn't jump into the fray. We're actually hosting a, um, for AFSCME members, they're uh, doing, uh, uh, it's like a web hookup with the uh, forums with some of the presidential candidates. So they have O'Malley and Hillary this weekend, and they are trying to get um, uh, Bernie Sanders lined up. But as I talked to you, that had not, happened yet, but I think it will. So that'll be very interesting. Um, I know that the AFSCME president's big concern has been that uh, the Koch brothers are are out there, you know, um, giving seed money to the bad guys and that, you know, labor needs to do something, which, you know, I understand, but, um, you know, it's it's, the unions that have stepped up for Hillary have also heard a lot of, have gotten some pretty negative feedback from their members too. How how is that? You know, the if the members are feeling kind of negative about her and the union administration or leaders, for lack of a term, are leaning in that way, what do you think could happen there? I don't know. I, it's very difficult for me to say how this will play out. Um, I think that people, members, just want to hope that their unions are giving all candidates a chance to respond and. Uh, reviewing the, what they have to say and what they've done. Uh, I, I am sensitive to the fact that uh, we've got to start getting people jazzed up about the election and getting them engaged and getting them to understand the stakes of, you know, of a Trump presidency or a Jeb Bush presidency. But um, you got to give credit. Bernie has, uh, Bernie has raised a lot of consciousness around the country. So it's going yeah. to be interesting. And I, I think I think a couple smaller unions have uh, endorsed him, but uh, good for them. And you know we'll see what happens. It, it uh, you know in the end, what I want 
to see is a democratic process within the unions where um, there's as much feedback from members as possible about this before any before any endorsements are made because quite frankly people a lot of people feel um beaten down you know and they don't feel good about the economy and about what government's doing and uh this is a dangerous election yeah and i and i really think sanders is um you know he resonates with a lot of people obviously but so did howard dean back in 04 and uh dean took a took a dive yeah that's kind of he sure did just like just like Sanders will take a dive and will wind up getting uh, Hillary, God forbid. I think but, that the well, problem for yeah. with Hillary is um, you, those, can't, the, you can't trust her. You can't trust her, and yeah. the, that whole email situation is a mess. Yeah, and she's I just mean, yeah. I, I just think it's unexcusable what she did. I really do. And keeps doing, you know, stuff she keeps doing. And she, uh, the thing that bothers me. Now there's over 7,000 of those emails were supposed to be classified, 7,000 of them. I think that thing that bothers me is like she just sort of sweeps it by. Bill Clinton always did that too. Oh, that's not important now. Let me talk about this. Yeah. You know, it's like they, they have this attitude of like we're Teflon, nothing sticks to us, we move on. You know, but right. I don't think that people are going to accept that anymore. They did with Bill Clinton, but I don't think she can carry it off the way he did. Well, she said she's sounding like what Rush Limbaugh said the other night, uh, the other day, because he said he can't carry it off. Oh, like Bill Clinton did. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's she's, hard. she's not as good well, a liar. Yeah. You know? Keep in mind, it's it's Rush. Keep in mind, it's Rush Limbaugh, who's another right-wing entertainer. I mean, in the end, the oh, yeah. guys want to just see, but, you, know, you know, they want to see the Democrats fail and get a Republican elected. So, I mean, we do. you have to take that with the proverbial grain of salt. Oh, we yeah. We well, do, that's true. We do, but at the same time, if you look to see what, what Clinton has done and what he did and what he's still being touted as being a hero of the Democratic process... When he signed, when he when he was the guy responsible for the loss of over three or four million jobs during his uh, presidency Unfor- of NAFTA. Un- unfortunately, it's just, it's just unbelievable. He, he started those free trade uh, agreements that were put into yeah, you know, uh, signed yeah. them all, yeah. Yeah. and that was very yeah. upsetting to me when that process happened, and I uh, I kind of lost faith there, and that's why I don't no, want Hillary. If, you. I can't. I don't yeah, trust no, Hillary. No argument for me. And Clinton, um, you know, the uh, undoing of Glass-Steagall, uh, oh, the overturning of Glass-Steagall was, uh, took place under Clinton's presidency, which paved the way for the disaster of 2008. So, uh, you know, there's, the, like I say, the, the money has affected both sides. So you guys are absolutely right. Oh, absolutely. And I, I don't know with the process the way it is, will we ever get anyone who who runs for that office who's not corrupted by money? I don't know. Donald Trump. Right. Right. I don't know what you to know, think about. You, don't tell me Obama's not Can you know. believe he, he is. Did you ever think um, we would be but did you ever think we would be this is where we'd be, you know? It's no. it's crazy stuff. I never thought I never thought it, but you know, it's time. And and the thing that I like about Trump, and I'm I'm not supporting him. I just like the guy because I like what he's saying, and I like what he's doing. And I like I'm the, glad I, like, he's I like that he's possible. It's possible that he could destroy the whole damn Republican Party in the process. And you know? maybe he's working on the Democrats too. And the Democrats too. I, mean, I, I would say both parties. 
Yeah, I would say both parties. I, I think he. I think he's doing a good job of unmasking people. Yeah. You know, he. Well, in a, in a, he's yeah. saying the things that in a perverse way. Yeah. Say. Yeah, you know? in, in a very perverse way. Yep, you're, you're absolutely That's right. Perverse. So yes, he we're is. gonna have some fun stuff you know, to talk about. I mean, really, he's saying a lot of the things that I thought in the back of my mind that I wouldn't really say to anybody, or you yeah, know, certainly right. that I say to you, you know. And I think he came out loud. He spoke them out loud, and because many, many other people are thinking the same thing about politician, politicians. And politics as normal, yeah. you know. People, I think people are just burned out with politicians. I really do feel like they feel jaded. Well, I agree, and I, yeah, and that's why Trump is doing so well. It's not that. I, uh, I mean, he's he's an entertainer. He's a multi, you know, billionaire entertainer, and he's just got people snowed. But they're also sick of um, the business as usual stuff. So it's kind of like a convergence of a lot of factors. Oh, if, if do you think do you think he would really? I mean, I I believe that he's capable of renegotiating all of these uh, deals with China and Iran and everybody else. And, um, uh, I don't I don't know that he's capable. Of it. Yeah, I I really don't. He has no experience um, doing any of that stuff, and he's not going to have a Congress that would be cooperative. Um, it would be a mess, but it might be a mess that the country, you know, there's some who argue that it would be a mess the country deserves. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, listen, I wanted to tell you, I sent that uh, over to you. I sent that show over to you on your Facebook, okay, because I, I posted it. Oh, excellent. As well. Thank you. So that show, Thank that you show very is, much. In your message. Uh, Good. There. I, I think I'll look be, at it. In, in talking to this guy, maybe he'd be, we did, James Otto, yeah. And, we uh, did tell him about you. And um, Good. That it's I appreciate that. He have a conversation with some union people to talk about that issue that he knows so well that deeply affects the middle class. Okay. He said, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's creeping cancer. It just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading. And, you know, it'll be teachers, yeah, university yep. professors. Oh. You know, he said it's just spreading. Yep. And... Interesting. Interesting. When our kids. Well, listen, you know, guys. I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Well, let's uh, we let's continue this discussion. All right. And and I think you're uh, you know but once you once you hear that uh, that show from last week, I think you'll be impressed uh, because he he really Good. is a. He's, he's really, genuine. He's genuine. Guy. Yeah, he's really caring. He really he tears it apart. Yeah. And he tears it down, and it's a whole lot. Oh, I'm looking forward. Really good. I am looking Hilarious. forward to. Uh... Yeah, you guys there? Yeah, we're right here. Oh, You're still there. Forward. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. good. We will talk soon. I apologize. I do have to disengage, but uh, this has been fun, and I, I, I wish you guys a good Labor Day weekend. You're on the front appreciate lines making a difference, and I appreciate it. You too, Larry, and happy Labor Day. Yeah, thanks again. For thanks. Talk to you guys soon. Check, check out Facebook. Okay. I will. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Thanks, Leo. Thanks, Lila. Take care. That was Larry Dorman, Me Affairs Coordinator for Council Council 4 out of New Britain, Connecticut. Thanks, Larry, for being on the show. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to, uh, why don't we go to a quick music break? Yeah, why don't we do that? uh, We will be right back. Uh, 
What do you feel like listening to tonight, dear? Oh, I don't know. How about Swagger? Oh, that's a, a good boozy, one. Boozy song. Well, it's hot and humid, so maybe that'll go with it. <laughs> so sort of it? like New Orleans Swagger, that kind of? Yeah, we'll be right back and after this little break. Asians are offended that Jeb said that Anka babies applies to them 
as a way to be more politically correct to Hispanics? Yeah. A mess. And, and then he, got, he says, in a clumsy move to get out of his anchor baby's dilemma, where here, where he signed that he would uh, not use the term and now uses it, he blames Asians. <laughs> that, that's Asia, Asians but, are offended. But he says, but later that same night, Trump had no qualms about doing his best impersonation of a Japanese or Chinese negotiator during his rally in Dubuque, Iowa. Well, negotiating with Japan, negotiating with China, this is what he says, when these people walk into the room, they don't say, oh, hello, how's the weather? It's so beautiful outside. Isn't it lovely? How are the Yankees doing? Are they are doing wonderfully great? Trump recounted. Uh, before trying out his broken English impression, he says, we want deal. They say, we, yeah, want, we deal. want deal. He says, if Asian Americans were offended by Bush's comments, what will they think of this? Okay, and this is his little, little crazy uh, video here on, on it, on what Trump says. Mm -hmm. Negotiating with with Japan, negotiating with China. When these people walk in the room, they don't say, oh, hello, how's the weather? It's so beautiful outside. Isn't it lovely? How are the Yankees doing? Oh, they're doing wonderful. Great. They say, we want deal. he jump out of the seat. But... <laughs> so they don't bother with any a preamble of niceties. They, they just, just go right to the jugular. Well, we want a deal. Let's do it. Let's make the deal. Yeah, I think that's so funny because it's, it's so real. And um, uh, let's see. Okay. Well, we still got a few minutes. Usually, what I'd like to mention this because it's really pretty bad. And uh, many baby seals oh. are dying of leukemia, linked disorder along the California coast. Probably from That's radiation from, from Fukushima. From yeah. Fukushima. We, we know it is, yeah. Yeah. And I can't imagine what it's doing to the families that live out there or the people that they're, swim. They're all, they're all, they've, got, they've got, right now, they've got the highest infant mortality rate in the country is in California. I'm right, not on, saying on too much coast. about that. That's right. Of the Many 40, baby yeah. seals dying of leukemia linked disorder along California coast, blamed for over one third of recent deaths at San Francisco Bay Rescue Center. And of the 46 uh, yeah. recently weaned northern elephant seal deaths reported by the San Francisco Bay Area's Marine Mammal Center between April and August of this year, disseminated intravascular co coagulation was listed as the cause of death in six over one third. 16 in 16, over one-third of the total. That must be leukemia, that's what it must be. Yeah. U.S. National Library of Medicine, uh, they said disseminated intravascular coagulation is a serious disorder in which the proteins that control blood clotting become overactive. And risk factors for the DIC include blood transfusion reaction, cancer, especially certain types of leukemia. This is kind of a... Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think it's worth reading, but okay. um, it, it's a problem. But right. if that's happening to the seals, what's happening to the humans? Oh, well, it, yeah. I, we read then, this before. Mm -hmm. uh, Put on that little you. video. See what that is. That's a few minutes that was on the... Uh, go back to that. I don't know where it is. Let's go, go up again. It's gone. I, no, I think it was just an ad. Oh, maybe. I think it was a little ad. 
Indeed, in Ellie Yang, the subject of Ben Carlson's fascinating new Rolling Stone essay, Welcome to Maternity Hotel California, paid 35000 to have their second child in the U.S. In 2012, Chinese state media reported 10,000 tourist births by Chinese couples in the U.S. Other estimates skew as high as 60,000. Following Donald Trump's call for an end to birthright citizenship and renewed attention on anchor babies, Carlson's expose on birth tourism seems to confirm that the current interpretation of the 14th Amendment works as a magnet for at least some parents across the globe. But just how big a magnet is it? Read the full story. See how big a magnet it really is. That's pretty big. Well, they come to California from Asia to have uh, babies in this country. The very real economic cost of birthright citizenship. And this is by Ian Tuttle. So keep going. How keep going. So uh, we already read that. Go down, please. Okay. According to the Center for Immigration Studies legal policy analyst John Frey, who testified before the House Judiciary Committee on Immigration and Border Security in April, between three hundred and fifty thousand and four hundred thousand children are born annually to illegal alien mothers residing in the U.S., as many as one in ten births nationwide. As of 2010, four out of five children of illegal aliens residing in the U.S. were born here, some four million kids. Reporting that finding, the Pew Research Center noted that while illegal immigrants make out about 4% of the adult population, because they have high birth rates, their children make up a much larger share of both the newborn population, 8%, and the child population, 7% in this country. The cost of this is not negligible. Inflation-adjusted figures from the State Department of Agriculture projected that a child born in 2013 would cost his parents $304,480 from birth to his 18th birthday. Given that illegal alien households are normally low-income households, three out of five illegal aliens and their U.S.-born children live at or near the poverty line. One would expect that a significant portion of the cost will fall on the government, and that's exactly what's happening. According to CIS, 71% of illegal alien-headed households with children received some sort of welfare in 2009, compared with 39% of native-headed households with children. Illegal immigrants generally assess welfare programs through their U.S.-born children to whom government assistance is guaranteed. Additionally, U.S.-born children of illegal aliens are entitled to an American public school, health care, and more, even though illegal alien households really pay taxes. Um. Trump, related is Trump's critics are wrong about the 14th Amendment and birthright citizenship. The short-term cost of anchor babies was revealed a decade ago in the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons. Anchor babies born to illegal aliens instantly qualify as citizens for welfare benefits and have caused enormous rises in Medicaid costs and stipends under supplemental security income and disability income, wrote medical attorney Madeline Pellner-Cosman. She noted that the increasingly costly situation in California. Uh, in 2003, the Stockton, California, 70% of 2,300 babies born in San Joaquin General Hospital 
San Joaquin. Yeah, Joaquin, okay. Maternity ward were anchor babies, and 45% of Stockton children under age 6 are Latino, up from 30% in 1993. In 94, uh, 7,487 anchor babies in California hospital maternity units cost $215 million and constituted 36% of all Medi-Cal, California Medicaid programs. Uh, Now, 2005, they account for substantially more than half. Wow. Wow. So more than half of the Medicaid in California, right, uh, in 2005, was for anchor babies. Isn't that sad? Well, perhaps humane measures such as 1986 Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act, which requires hospital emergency departments to treat all patients with an emergency, an infinitely malleable term, um, regardless of documentation or ability to pay, have facilitated the abuse of American health care by illegal aliens, according to Cosman. There are low, there are long-term costs, too. And he says U.S.-born children of illegal aliens can sponsor the immigration of family members once they come of age. At 18, an anchor baby can sponsor an overseas spouse and unmarried children of his own. At 21, he can sponsor parents and siblings. There may be long waiting periods before the legal benefit is of use, but it is a fact that illegal aliens with American-born children are much less likely to be deported, and that policy has been effectively enshrined in law with President Obama's deferred uh, action for parents of Americans and lawful permanent residents, or DAPA policy, which would effectively grant amnesty to some 5 million illegal aliens at top of the 2 to 3 million granted amnesty under this deferred action for childhood arrivals policy. DAPA is currently under scrutiny in the courts. So it's, it's really quite frightening. Uh-huh. You know, it's really amazing. And he says, uh, it's difficult to contend that the promise of birthright citizens not serving as a magnet. You know, Carlson's Rolling Stone essay is not about anchor babies as a term is commonly applied to children of illegal aliens about birth tourists, persons from overseas typically uh, of some means who acquire temporary visas in order to give birth to the United States. They did States. an expose on 60 Minutes about that a couple yeah. of years back, and they were Chinese. Uh, and that is, middle-class Chinese, okay, and Russian and Turkish and Nigerian couples are incentivized by the 14th Amendment to travel to the U.S. to give birth. Shouldn't it be an even bigger draw for expecting mothers from Latin America who typically live in much more difficult circumstances. Note, as an indicator of the power of immigration incentives, the massive influx of unoccupied, uh, unaccompanied minors mm-hmm. that converged on the U.S.-Mexico border last summer when news of DACA uh, spread through Central America, which is, you know, yeah. the, the Obama's dream machine there, you know, his dream act and uh, uh, opening up the borders. Ending birth tourism is difficult. The tool available to Customs and Border Patrol, for example, spotting and enforcing visa fraud, are ineffective, and the penalty for at least some visa-related offenses is a prohibition on visits after the current visit. But anchor babies are a largely preventable phenomenon, mainly by by simply enforcing current immigration laws. 
supporting illegal immigration at the border and stopping, rather, illegal immigration and instituting an actual effective visa tracking system to track down on overstays would do much to discourage efforts to take advantage of American life justice. Well, they, say, they ought to do it. With Donald's prompting, birthright certificate citizenship has become the focus of a current new cycle, new cycle, despite the fact that Given current political realities, the composition of the Supreme Court and the history of 14th Amendment jurisprudence, ending the practice is a fanciful aim. But that is all right. Anchor babies are a small, though not negligible, component of our ongoing illegal immigration crisis. And prioritizing border and visa enforcement to help end our much larger problems will do much to resolve this one, too. So, okay. So maybe people take a stand on that. But thank you for being yeah. with us. Uh, yeah, and we appreciate uh, you coming on. We appreciate Larry very much for being on with us tonight. And, and remember, this weekend us. is Labor Day, and yeah. think about the workers that you know in your life, and yeah. be appreciative of the work they do that maybe helps you or supports you. Yes, think especially about, public unions. You know, yeah, they're, public they're, unions. They're, they're you know. Help. Teachers and policemen and professionals, uh, uh, paraprofessionals in schools, even down to the janitors and nurses, nurses and hospitals or prison workers. They work some of them work under terrible conditions. So we have all kinds of public employees, and we appreciate AFSCME as a union fighting for them and for their jobs. We thank you so, for being with so, us. Yeah, and check out Larry's uh, blog at uh, council four dot. Council4.org. All right? And uh, all the best to everyone. And have a pleasant evening. And, and have a great Labor Day, folks. Yeah.